Next on BYU Sports Nation, winning matters most. Why a win over Middle Tennessee deserves extra attention. ESPN's Trevor Maddich on what the BYU defense did to change things up for good and what he really thinks of punters. Plus, BYU's leading receiver Mitch Matthews joins us live. BYU's bi-week agenda. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Back to work on a Monday. BYU Sports Nation on your radio, television, and other media machines presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Monday, November 3rd. That's right, I said November. November. My name is Spencer Linton, Hmm. teamed up with third-team All-State karaoke star, Jerem Jordan. I've never actually done karaoke. Maybe once. You've never yeah. done karaoke? No, I said maybe once. You need to, you need to get back in Do the I? saddle, dude. <laughs> Do I? Because the one time got you a third-team All-State nomination. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Probably did uh, Toto Africa. <laughs> Wherever and however you're dialed in, great to have you with us. I got some new items for the set. And yeah, yeah I yeah, said what that do you have? What do you have? with a plural. Okay, first of all, we couldn't show our item from Orlando because it has... Oh, of sh- uh, Schnicky Schnauss? Yes, the Schnicky Schnauss designation, copyright rules. So one of our Twitter followers, at Mama Lund, sent her husband yeah. to Tennessee with this from Florida. Sand and seashells in a tiny little bottle so that we can yeah. have something representing Orlando on the set. That's... That much, is fantastic. That's much better than your effort, that's for sure. Hey, come on, man. Hey, something we can actually use. Thank you. That's very nice. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, at Mama Lund yeah. and family. That, Mama Lund. That was one of my favorite Mama moments Lund from the weekend. Also, BYU won. Uh, more on that in a bit. Then I brought back what you have to bring back from Tennessee. A guitar, okay? Country music capital, Nashville. Murfreesboro's about 30 yeah. miles outside it of Nashville. It says Nashville. That's fine. Yeah, I, I wanted to get a slick pig T-shirt, but again, the copyright uh, issues. <laughs> yeah, probably trademark. <laughs> the trademark. Yeah. yeah. So we have a Nashville, Tennessee Let's hope that holds still. ornament, Christmas ornament, because you know that Christmas displays are out already. Halloween is over. Oh snap! Uh huh. Yeah. That that's. I'm having a hard time setting this. The world that we live in. You just figure it going. out, man. The reception in Murfreesboro, by the way, for BYU Sports Nation for, for BYU oh. football was amazing. Yeah, BYU fans know what's up. It was so good to see so many people there. The Cougar Town tailgate had like 2,000 to 2,500 people, so I had a chance to address them for a few minutes. Gave away like 30 pair of blue goggles. Tons of BYU Sports Nation wristbands taking pictures. It was awesome. Spencer, thanks for the swag. Yes, people tweeted. There were some people that tweeted pictures uh, of them in the blue goggles at me. Yeah, that's that's how you do it. There and, were there and, were more BYU fans at the game than Middle Tennessee fans. Oh, that's just pathetic for them. Great for BYU. There were fans that were mad. MT fans that were like, "This is stupid. This is yeah, embarrassing." I, I would be ticked too if Lavelle Edwards Stadium was full of other like, people. It reminded me of playing basketball in the West Coast Conference. <laughs> <laughs> that's every yeah. That's well, it's not every game, but I mean, they get a good crowd on the road. Yeah, there were so many good things to have. The Slick Pig lived up to expectations, really good food. Saw three different BYU families that were there because they heard about it on BYU Sports of Nation. They're yeah. smart, I'm telling you. That's awesome. Halloween in Nashville was downright weird. <laughs> saw the News Channel 4 team, San Diego, Ron Burgundy <laughs> Company. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a great, that's a great costume. 
Yeah, it was pretty good. Whammy! Second only to what we saw the BYU football team do with uh, the Sandlot crew. Oh, yeah. And and Mitch Matthews is on the show today. We're going to ask him about that. He was Benny the Jet. Join our conversation 24-7 using the hashtag BYUSN. Start it off with today's Twitter question. What's the biggest positive from BYU's 27-7 win at Middle Tennessee? At Speedy Sunshine. It feels like, okay, this is all in caps. I'm going to read it like it's written. Okay. It feels like the one ring has been destroyed and Sauron's tower has fallen. Thank you, Brigham Hobbits. <laughs> what? What's with the Lord of the Rings? Well, we, we talked about it on the BYU radio this morning. Yeah. And the first tweet is the Lord of the Rings tweet. <laughs> I love Lord of the Rings. Love it. I watch all three every year. I used to watch all three in a row one day. Yeah. Nerd alert. Mm-hmm. I think the Hobbit 2 desolation of Smaug extended <laughs> comes out today. I think. Can anyone confirm that? I haven't been able to find it. i got to go grab that, and I'll watch all, like, 10 hours of deleted scenes, probably this week. Wow. And Interstellar comes out this week. I can't wait. Okay. It's a big week. Your nerd level just went down a little bit because you mentioned Christopher Nolan. Yeah. Mm -hmm. One film. I think the best thing that came out of uh, BYU's win was the representation of the BYU Sports Nation Birthday Karma by Jordan Leslie. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Halloween birthday. Way to represent, dude. And he scored a touchdown. It strikes again. It's real. BYU Sports Nation simulcast in beautiful radio vision. Of course, on BYU Radio and on BYU TV. Rise and shout on this Monday. It's time for What's Trending. What's Trending in BYU Sports Nation. Topic one. Winning is awesome. It's a long ways to come to play a football game. However, our team came with nice resolve. Evened at halftime. Offensive front. Running game took over, gave us some more balance, and the defense played a wonderful game. Coach Howell, Nick Howell, did a really nice job, had a great plan for the kids, and it was fun to see. It feels awesome. Amazing, incredible, fantabulous to win. Yes, it does. You know what I love about that, too? There's so much energy in that soundbite. Can we just play the beginning of it again? Listen to the background. Come to play a football game. However, our team came with nice results. Everyone gathers by uh, the BYU TV crew kind of near where they run out in the locker room, and they just get autographs, and they cheer behind the uh, camera and everything. There's a lot of energy there. It I love it. Fantastic fans had something scene. to cheer about yes. this week. They snap a four-game losing streak. They haven't lost five in a row in 44 years. It'll stay that way. Validation for hard work. Yes, it's Middle Tennessee, or we should say... Middle Tennessee. Exactly. Like St. Mary's. <laughs> Normally, the celebration wouldn't be so extravagant, but BYU needed this win. Oh, the, Friday... We didn't have a very positive show, did we? We talked about how there was danger and real danger of BYU losing this game because of how they had played, because of how they, they didn't have a great week of practice, it sounded like. So BYU comes out. It's 7-7 seven, seven at halftime. BYU puts up 20 in the second half and wins the game. The defense pitches a shutout. It was a good performance. Yes, it's Middle Tennessee. But with Taysom Hill, you would have wanted a 20-point win on the road. I'd be perfectly content with a 20-point win With Taysom Hill and everybody at full strength. Plus two in turnover margin. It was good. The defense answered the call. Let's start there with the defense. They give up seven points the entire game. Second half shutout. 228 total yards for a decent offense. Fantastic. They have a top 30 rushing offense. I mean, BYU's defense did what they needed to do. The offense didn't turn it over, despite Christian Stewart. Two fumbles. He didn't lose them, though. And BYU goes plus two. The offense puts up 444 of total O. It was a good day despite injuries. The only negative in this whole thing, Jamal Williams, sprained knee. And that's a big one. But BYU wins by 20. How many of you thought BYU would only give up seven points on the road east of the Mississippi after four 
losses in a row after giving up 35 to Utah State, 31 to Central Florida, 42 to Nevada, 55 to Boise. That's 41 a game over the four-game losing streak. And then they only give up seven. It's Middle Tennessee. BYU should win that game. But there was real danger to the point uh, of Brian Logan on after further review predicting that BYU would lose the game and by 20. That was calculated, wasn't it, Brian? <laughs> BYU Locker won by fodder. 20. Yeah, Brian Logan said we're going to lose by 20. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're doing. If that's what you need for motivation, you're in a weird place probably <laughs> for BYU. But yeah, it's, it's a good thing. It was a good performance for BYU, a bounce back, a win. And like I said, BYU is going to win the next three. And one, one down, two to go. By week, UNLV, Savannah State, and then you go into real tough test at Cal. Another new guy steps up, Teu Kautai. It's been Taki Taki and Fred Warner. Now Teu Kautai hit three sacks. <laughs> most, of, most of BYU Sports Nation was like, who is that guy? How do you say his name? You, you asked him after the game. How do you, his how do you say your name? Because sure? we knew, yeah, Teu Kautai. I want to make sure. And he said... My yeah. name is, and it was like super long, and long, I'm like, not even going to yep. try. Nope, nope. nope. <laughs> Let's go with Teo Kautai. The long original Polynesian name is going to be hard to say. How good was it to see not only three sacks from Teo, but Bronce Kafusi going between the defensive line and a little bit of blitz scheming package going back to linebacker? He was kind of all over the field, but he was, he was back in his, his stomping grounds, man. That was great. That was fantastic. He was, let's be honest. That's where he needs to be. He's just a better player on the D-line. He was excited about it after the game. The confidence of the defense, I felt like, was just boosted uh, from today. I felt like we really made some huge strides, and I feel like, you know, we learned a lot as well, and so we'll continue to just learn and get better. Bronson and Tayu brought it, man. I mean, they really they, brought they it. They were in the backfield, which brings us to the stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Three Tayu Kautai's three sacks are the most by a BYU player in a game this season. He's also only the fourth player to have multiple sacks in a game. That had happened from Bronson against UConn, Alani Fua Houston, Sione Takitaki against Central Florida. And now Teo Kautai. And now Teo Kautai. How about that? Another guy stepping up. Uh, all four of those guys, Polynesian. Boom! Polynesian yeah. Pipeline. Represent. Christian Stewart, oh, by the way. We'll ask Trevor Maddich of ESPN what he thinks about Christian's performance since he's taken over for Taysom Hill. And he's one of Christian's biggest supporters. His first win, the smile it's, on his face. Oh my gosh! Told the story. Yeah, he was so happy, just like relief, like yes, I finally won one. And that was to me. I, I believe that's BYU's first win without Taysom Hill as a starting quarterback since 2012. Poinsettia. How about that? It's been a while. That's how about that? BYU was still looking mm. for that first win without him. The season's bigger than Taysom, but Colby Pearson, by the way, another touchdown. This guy's a walk-on receiver that's not – he's had an 81-yard touchdown, now a 37-yard touchdown. Yeah, I sent out a tweet and said, can you tell me who, who has the second-most touchdown catches of any BYU receiver? It is Colby Pearson behind Mitch Matthews. Look at that. It's not Jordan Leslie. It's Colby Pearson. Wow. W- way to get it done, man. Stewart's numbers, 28 for 45. The throw he had to Leslie, by the way. Oh, gorgeous throw. 316 yards, three total touchdowns, two passing, one rushing. No picks. No, no interceptions. In his four starts, listen to these numbers. 12 total touchdowns, 10 passing, 2 rushing, 2 interceptions. Is that good enough, BYU Sports Nation? Yes. Yeah. It should be. Yeah, and, and he's done that in a weird situation. Christian Stewart d- deserves some credit. The Nevada game, you look at that, he had a huge game, had a couple untimely, not that they're ever timely, I guess timely for Nevada, fumbles that changed the game. But BYU got a great performance all around. BYU should feel good going into the bye week 
and then you have two very winnable games coming up to where you could get up to seven and four. The offense got their energy and momentum from where we started this conversation, from the defense. Jordan Leslie yes. talked about that. We, we, we started off fast, so it was always great. You know, that's what we wanted to work on. And having that, you know, coming out fast, it kind of pumped the defense up. The defense was making great plays and came out strong. And, you know, that, that just motivates us to, to keep going. It's that symbiotic relationship, man. One side plays well. It's like, oh, yeah, now it's our turn. And they need that right now. It's not like one side can carry the other. Because of all of the injuries, because of how the season's played out, the, the offense needs the defense and vice versa. It's not, hey, we'll get some points, and whatever you do is irrelevant defense. It's, it's got to work both ways. The crowd was fantastic, by the way. I think between seven and 10,000 fans I've, I've heard. In Murfreesboro, in Tennessee. In Murfreesboro, Tennessee, Who else after does that? four losses. It was freezing. It was like 45 degrees and windy, and there was 53% humidity, so it made it feel like you know high 30s, low 40s. Yeah. So it was really cold, but they we're, showed up in full force. We're forgetting something that happened that was amazing in the game. Scott Arlano's 81-yard punt, a BYU record. <laughs> <laughs> Holy mackerel. That was so awesome. That punt, man, and Lee Johnson <laughs> there to see it. The guy who used to hold the record back in 1983 when he punted at 80 yards. Beat it by a that yard. That ball went forever. That's and yeah, awesome. There are a lot of reasons to feel good. The unity and passion back on the sideline. We haven't even talked about that. Guys were excited. They wanted to be there. They wanted to play, and that was refreshing for sure. Our Twitter question today, what is the biggest positive out of everything that we've talked about from BYU's 27-7 win at Middle Tennessee? At PW Owner, we scored on the first drive, all caps. And then didn't till the third quarter. <laughs> they scored on the first drive of the third quarter That's as well. what I'm talking about. We just need more first drives. <laughs> At Seth Killingbeck, who organized the alumni reception there. Oh, nice. Yeah, he's the, uh, the guy that uh, was responsible for that awesomeness. He said, thanks for bringing the karma to our tailgate. I lost my voice cheering at the game Saturday, and I still can't talk. So the nice. crowd, the crowd is a huge positive. Jordan yeah. Leslie tweeted out, we had the best fans in the country. He's coming from UTEP. Compare UTEP and their national fan base uh, to BYU. Uh, no contest. Oh, my goodness. 2010 New Mexico Bowl. <laughs> Los Miners. <laughs> uh, men's basketball gets a win against Colorado Schools of Mines. Jamal Eight's injury. We'll have more on that coming up. But up next, high praise from Trevor Maddich for Cougar football and specifically Christian Stewart. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan back in the saddle, live on a Monday from Studio B. Follow the show on Twitter, at BYU Sports Nation. How did BYU beat Middle Tennessee by 20? Watch BYU Sports Nation every day to find out. And after further review, Tuesday night, 8 8 Eastern time, Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, Brian Logan, David Nixon will break it down. That's tomorrow night, 8 Eastern time. Joining us now... It's a Maddich Monday. Trevor Maddich of ESPN College Football Insider, BYU National Champion. Trevor, today our Twitter question is, what is the biggest positive from BYU's 27-7 win at Middle Tennessee? We've gone through a laundry list of reasons that we feel like BYU should feel positive. But for you, what's the biggest positive? That BYU can win football games when they're playing the opposite team and they're not playing themselves as well. (laughs) And that's what this was. The defense, the defense was in the right place doing the right things. We've been talking for a month about stand in the right place, look at the right guy, and then finish the play with the right technique. And then if he's better than you, he's better than you. But at least make him beat you. 
And in this game, that's exactly what BYU's defense did. It's been a long time since they've had this consistent performance. And it felt good. I realize it's Middle Tennessee. I think we all realize that. But that's a win that BYU had to have, right, Trevor? Well, yeah, for a lot of reasons. And you're right. I mean, Middle Tennessee is not Alabama. But they had not lost at home yet this year. And BYU's defense held them to their lowest point output by far of the season. I mean, they, they beat this team worse than anybody else did. So if you want to find some solace in that, that's fine. Either way, to me, it's, the win is just validation. The win is validation of what they did in practice and how they focused and how they got it onto the field. And so, to me, that's what it represents. It's, it's, a, it's a tangible uh, manifestation of the adjustments that they made in the way they prepared and the way they played. And you need that kind of justification, especially after going an entire month without any justification of any kind beyond what's profoundly negative in the world of football, and that is four consecutive losses. ESPN College Football Analyst Trevor Maddich on BYU Sports Nation for another Maddich Monday. Trevor, I would have been just fine with a 20-point BYU win on the road east of the Mississippi this late in the season with Taysom Hill as the starting quarterback. So for them to do it with Christian Stewart and to finish the game without four of their five best players, that's saying something, isn't it? Yeah, that is. And, and there's, there's another subplot underneath that as you look at the offensive line. They started in this game, or listed as starters, three freshmen, a sophomore, and one senior. And so you've got a lot of young guys playing and a lot of young guys that are contributing. Uh, for example, you know, you had a, a linebacker get three sacks, a guy who's listed as third on the depth chart coming in, Teo Kautai, and they schemed for him. And he, he came through. They ran blitzes and stunts specifically to get him free. And he not only pulled the trigger, he finished the play. And so a lot of these guys that either are very, very young or guys that we aren't used to hearing their name called rose up when they got the opportunity. And that's part of what Bronco Mendenhall has established as a culture there, where if you are, are performing at the highest level in practice, you'll play. And if you perform at the highest level and, and produce when you play, you'll keep playing. And what that does is get the very, very best out of everybody on that roster. And I think we saw an example of it working at its best against Middle Tennessee. And there's something to what else we saw, which wasn't necessarily on the field, almost on the sideline, which was passion and intensity. We saw BYU excited to be there. It helps when you have a lead, but it was 7-7, and BYU pitched a shutout in the second half. BYU needs that kind of emotion in the last three games. Yeah, they do need that emotion, and it's hard to maintain that emotion when you're losing, 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 losing. And it's got to come from team leaders, but a lot of those team leaders are hurt and not able to practice. And you just, you just can't do the same thing from crutches as you can when you're on the field with a helmet on. And so a lot of this came from the coaching staff, where you know Bronco, <laughs> everybody thinks they don't know him, people that don't know him, you have the impression that he's kind of a bookish librarian. He he might be a good bishop, and he would be, of course. And I think he's fun. a high but counselor right now. <laughs> well, see, there you go. But they don't <laughs> see the fire. When you walk up and look Bronco in the eye on, in a game day situation, you see that fire burning. I mean, you see the Stripling Warriors, you know, about ready to go out and lay waste to the enemy once again. And that that's the kind of of fire that burns in Bronco. And he unleashed that during the week, and I think the players picked up on it and carried it into game day. 
Trevor Maddox with us on BYU Sports Nation. Christian Stewart has done a commendable job as the backup quarterback in his four starts, 12 total touchdowns, a couple of interceptions, has lost a couple of fumbles as well. How would you sum up what Christian has done in the post-Taysom era in 2014? You know, he's been, he's been marginally heroic. You know, I don't want to overstate it, but I don't want to understate it either. He has played magnificently given the number of reps in practice that he's had and given what he's had to deal with. I think now we, we realize how good Taysom really is because we don't see Taysom throw on rhythm a lot because the offensive line still isn't in a position to give him a lot of time in the pocket to be able to throw on rhythm. So he, Taysom has to create, and that creativity is one thing that's led to so many of his big sports center highlights. Well, Christian Stewart in this game had to scramble, and a lot of his best plays came on the run as well when he was under pressure, and he had to create. He doesn't have the physical tools that Taysom has to be able to do that, and yet he still made plays anyway, especially in the second half. And so I, I applaud, I don't applaud, I'm incredibly proud of the way Christian Stewart was able to do what he had to do, even though it's outside his wheelhouse of a pocket passer, to be able to make plays and do what the team needed him to do at the time. Yeah, he's rushing for touchdowns. He threw for 300, two touchdowns, no picks. I mean, that was, that was a good game. One thing that stuck out too, Trevor, was an 81-yard punt by Scott Orlando, the longest in BYU history. If I'm not mistaken, you were in the game where Lee Johnson set the record with an 80-yard punt previously. What's it like when a guy punts for 80 yards? Uh, well, you don't notice it's a punter. It's like you say, oh, did, did, he, did he punt a long one? Oh, very nice. That's Sit his down. job. Did anybody hit you? Nobody hit you? Then why am I supposed to be impressed? Sit down. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm talking trash. Listen, he's one of the great weapons uh, in the nation. I mean, one of the best punters in the country and a great weapon for BYU. And I'll tell you this, that he had a little bit of help there because he had the wind at his back. But when Lee Johnson unleashed his 80-yarder, it was at Wyoming. And people talk about kicking at – the Mile High Stadium in Denver, where it's a mile up there. The, the Colorado Rockies hit more home runs because the air yeah. is thinner, balls carry farther. Well, Lee did it at Wyoming. It was a mile and a half in the air. And so that's not to take away anything, but to say that sometimes, you know, the right place and the right time helps. And Lee took advantage of that to, to uncork an 80-yarder, you know, and then we got an 81-yarder here with the wind with the wind blowing from behind, which, you know, is, is kind of awesome. And so I, I think it's good when a punter who rarely gets enough credit, you know, nationally certainly, does something that everybody points to. Because now we have the opportunity to say not just that he set that record, but that he also is one of the best punters in the nation at dropping the ball inside the 20. Now all those little things that normally don't eclipse sacks and touchdowns and all the fun stuff to talk about, those things can come out. And I think that's, that's important. Do you have a conversation with him when he comes off the field, or is it just like, whatever, man? What, the punter? Yeah, yeah. When, when Lee Johnson yeah. did that. Uh, you know, I can't remember, uh, probably because, you know, I didn't care. Uh, I'm <laughs> kidding. No, no. Listen, I love Lee. Lee is one of the great, not just one of the great punters, one of the great guys. And in the NFL, he carried that on. I mean, you would see a ball go up in the air if you're just casually watching, you know, games. And all of a sudden, you'd see a ball just take off like it was shot out of a rocket. And, and that's usually Lee Johnson. So I, I don't remember if I said anything, but I will say this, that in the NFL, one of the many things I did was long snapping. So I spent a lot of time with kickers and punters. So all the grief that I give to kickers and punters, I was over there with them. I, I, I was one. 
one of those guys. So the uh, so I'm I'm just playing and just having fun, <laughs> and I'm glad that Lee was on the field to be able to see that yeah. happen. He dominated Wyoming. He broke their scoreboard, had an 80-yard punt against them. The Cowboys were, were happy when Lee Johnson graduated from BYU. Wait, wait a minute, he broke their scoreboard? Yeah. He, he told us a story about yeah. that. Like, Was it pregame or halftime or something? He, he booted a ball into the scoreboard and like, broke some lights or something. <laughs> I mean, I'll tell you this about Lee, though. On our team, I mean, we, we, you know, we had a pretty good team. We had a pretty good run of games. And then we had a pretty good run in, in the national championship year as well. And normally the kickers and the punters are off to the side trying not to be noticed by messing something up. Lee was always in the middle of every scrum, and he was every bit as much of that team (laughs) on and off the field as any defensive lineman, linebacker, fullback, quarterback. Lee was one of those punters that, you know, he was basically he was a a defensive end in a punter's body. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know what to think of that phrase. Trevor, I, yeah. I understand that the, the national guys that have followed BYU closely this year know what kind of injury problems they've had. Now the Cougars are 5-4. and four. They finally ended the four-game losing streak. Can they still earn back some credibility this year to the people that matter, the voters, the people that are paying attention, and help themselves leading into next year? Unfortunately, the, uh, the nature of the game right now is that you know, the nationally, people want to see who's at the top. And all the yeah. conversation in the national media has been heavily in what does any win or loss or injury have to do with the, the potential four teams that will make the playoff. And if you're out of that conversation, you're way out of that conversation. Yeah. Look at Oklahoma. Oklahoma had one loss to TCU. They're still in the conversation to be in the top four. Then they lost at home to Kansas State by one point because their kicker, kid named Honeycutt, who's one of the greatest kickers in the history of that program, missed a chip shot field goal. And because of that, they lost by one point. And because of that, nobody talks about him anymore. And so BYU, in losing four straight, played themselves right out of the national conversation. And, you know, when you look at, at what remains for them, they don't have anything left on the schedule. And this would include the bowl game if they get there with UNLV, Savannah State, and at Cal if. to get – the attention that I think they might want. And at Cal, by the way, that would be a quality win if BYU can pull that off. Yeah. But right now, um, next year is going to have to be its own thing because they will not carry any momentum through. So even if BYU runs the table, uh, and then next year, Taysom Hill, Jamal Williams, if they're healthy, does, does running the table and getting to nine wins and ending on a you know, five-game uh, win streak matter at all going into next year for preseason voting? No, or anything? Nope. Nothing? no it, it won't matter at all. They're, they're off the radar right now from that standpoint. But here's what does matter. Taysom Hill coming back, and if he's able to come back healthy, then people will look at the schedule and say, okay, they lost four games, the first four games without Taysom Hill on the field. And they'll say, you know, now Taysom Hill is back. What can he do? Right? And that will create a a talking point that will get people focused on BYU. They won't carry any, um, any benefit of doubt. But they will carry eyeballs seeing what they're doing because there will be curiosity if Taysom can get them right back to where they were before. So that, that's kind of what the hope is. But right now, the, the hope is and the, the goal is get bowl eligible, man. They, they got UNLV coming up. Win that game, they're bowl eligible. And that, that's where it is right now. It's, it's very much a local focus right now because the national focus is all on who will be in the top four. And it's like nobody else exists but those four teams right now, which is kind of weird. Hmm. It's not the way it's ever been. Yeah. Let's talk about those four teams that are relevant nationally and the first 
college football playoff rankings were released. What's your take on how that's happened? And, you know, do you, do you have any problems with the way that the voting came out for the first week? And, and just give us your overall take on what's going on. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm chapped. Quite, quite very chapped okay. about the way the first rankings were. The, the second rankings will come out tomorrow night, right? But yeah. the first rankings, which don't reflect last week's game, uh, games, but they were the first ones that came out last Tuesday. They bothered me, and I'll tell you why. Teams will shift up and down over, over the course of the season, the rest of the season. But what I think we had revealed was the criteria that they would use, how important certain criteria were. And strength of, or excuse me, head-to-head wasn't as important to them as it is to me. Clearly. Let me tell you this. Um, let me give you guys a little quiz here. Two teams, anonymous teams, same conference, same record. They played head-to-head. The team that won the head-to-head is ranked six spots below the team that lost head-to-head. Everything else in terms of competence and record is the same. Would that annoy you? Yes, absolutely. TCU Baylor, is that what you're talking about? Yep, TCU Baylor. TCU ranked seventh, Baylor at 13. Both with the same record. The difference is TCU uh, lost at Baylor. Now, it was a tight game. They lost by three points. It was a shootout. But and TCU fans might complain that that their head to head was at Baylor, which is not fair. But if if it makes them feel better, they can cry it out because next <laughs> year they get home field advantage. But the fact that the selection committee took everything else being relatively equal and said head to head is only another of many things that we look out look at, huh? I gotta wonder what in the world they're thinking about because everything else that they look at is designed to separate teams that did not play head-to-head. Now, for people that say that head-to-head is the only thing, it's not. Georgia Overall record is the f- number one thing. Well, the, yeah, because, I mean, Georgia lost to South Carolina. And, and South Carolina has, like, what, four or five losses now. Right. And so South Carolina you wouldn't put above Georgia. Arizona just picked up their second loss. And so Oregon with one loss, even though Arizona beat Oregon, now, okay, it's okay to put Oregon above them because yeah. they don't have the same record anymore. Overall record is but, number one. Yeah, but anyway, so I'm interested to see if, if tomorrow night the selection committee fixes that and makes head-to-head with all else being relatively equal to give that more importance because I've been lambasting them all week. Let's see if they've been paying attention to me or if they just don't care. <laughs> I noticed. I would, like yeah, to have well, some, thanks. I would like to have some more lambasting from you, Trevor, if, if I can you ask know, for that. L- lambasting actually sounds like something delicious to do to a <laughs> to brisket, doesn't it? <laughs> I put a little lambasting on that. Yum. Hey, Trevor, you were at the Grove at Ole Miss last weekend. Where are you headed this Saturday? We are going to uh, Baton Rouge for Alabama at LSU. Woo! And I tell you, for, for old school people that are a bit annoyed that we've got basketball on grass and teams running 90 plays a game, this will be an old-fashioned vicious, violent slugfest where mouthpieces are knocked out of people's heads at the line of scrimmage every (laughs) single play. This is old school. This will be fun. If somebody takes your shrimp gumbo, I will personally come down to Baton Rouge and lambaste some folks. Yeah, would you please? Uh, They brought up from tailgating at the Grove. We were right across the sidewalk from the Grove. Somebody brought up from their tailgate fresh homemade seafood gumbo in bowls, right? And they put them behind our set, and I'm thinking, oh, yum, when this segment's over in commercial, I'm going to dive into that. Well, when the segment ended, I turned around, and they ate my gumbo. What Someone the heck, ate man? my gumbo. Look, man, you kick a man's dog, that's a bad thing, but you eat his 
seafood gumbo made fresh at a tailgate at the Grove. That's just mean, man. That's just mean. <laughs> Hashtag save Trevor's gumbo. Trevor, great to talk to you. All right, guys. How are you going to take a guy's gumbo? You can't take a guy's gumbo. That's like rule 17 of... Man, like Zombie Land, it's like they have all these rules or whatever. Like that's like Rule Seventeen. <laughs> that's only Rule Seventeen. It's not high. It's not lower than that. No, I guess. there's like. Okay. Well, yeah, that's it's Seventeen, man. Let's okay. Go. Okay. ESPN has just released Super. the kick time for BYU UNLV. We'll tell you when the Rebels and Cougars kick off a week from Saturday after the break. This is BYU Sports Nation. Who wants a night game? I'm Scott Arlano, and this is BYU Sports Nation on BYU TV and BYU Radio. 81 yards later, Scott Arlano, FBS Independent Special Teams Player of the Week, again. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision, broadcasting on BYU Radio and on BYU TV. If you haven't already, shame on you, but we'll allow you to download the show podcast on iTunes or subscribe to the RSS feed on BYUSportsNation.com. And check out BYUTV.org slash BYUSN. That's BYUTV.org slash BYUSN. Previously, to find archived video on demand, you had to go to the DVR. Now you just go to BYUTV.org slash BYUSN. You have four episodes available now. Up first, factual facts of fact. Winning is awesome. We talked all about that. BYU football, they got rid of the monkey off the back. They avoided a five-game losing streak for the first time in 44 years. There's a million reasons the Cougars are riding high on Monday. And, yeah, we don't care that it was Middle Tennessee. Rewind the show to hear all that. There are a billion <laughs> other things that are happening yes, what else going in on? BYU Sports Nation. We'll start it off with breaking news. Game time announced for BYU and UNLV football. And it's not at 815 Mountain. It's at 7 Eastern, 5 <laughs> Mountain. That means countdown to kickoff will be 6 Eastern time uh, against UNLV next Saturday. Again, BYU with the bye week. That's on ESPNU. And then after that, the biggest game of the season, BYU and Savannah State, live on BYU TV. See you Eastern. They're not in the afternoon anymore. Guy is happy that our game is it. Get bowl eligible no. against UNLV. Again, November 15th, a week from Saturday, 7 Eastern, 5 Local time kickoff in the All Black uniforms. for the Cougars and Rebels in the All Black. BYU becomes New- the New Zealand rugby team for a day. Yes, men's basketball beat Colorado School of Mines eighty-two sixty-four on Mines. Saturday night in an exhibition contest. Tyler Haas twenty-nine points. The biggest news coming out of that game: Ugh, Jamal Eights underwent and it was ankle surgery. The game. Yeah. We knew he had surgery. We didn't know the degree or just how in-depth it was, but he's going to be yeah. out three, mo- three months to rehab before, before he, he starts can, rehab. Before he can really get back going. Let, let's yeah. make sure everyone, everyone understands Jamal Late's situation. He went to UNLV. BYU, uh, it was down to UNLV or BYU late. He went to UNLV. Last year played in four games, 37 minutes. That was his freshman season. He is a sophomore this year. I would be shocked if BYU does not redshirt him, given that he won't even be able to play until, uh, start rehab. Start rehab in February. Ugh. He's he's. This is not from BYU. This is only me. He's out for the season. How they, yeah, BYU's going to redshirt him. That's my opinion. Okay. Happy news now. BYU women's soccer, a West Coast Conference championship, championship. three a three-peat. They've won the WCC all three years they've been in the conference. Awesome. 13-match unbeaten streak, 12 wins, one tie. They're outscoring opponents 39-7 to during that run. BYU's best team in the WCC. Women's soccer is the, one of the best conferences in America. BYU came into the conference has won all three. Men's hoops trying to do what women's soccer does, which is win the WCC. Congrats. The number 15 Cougs positioning for what they hope is a multiple 
home game situation in the NCAA tournament. Like there, two years ago, it was epic. You played four home games. There wasn't that wasn't the only West Coast Conference championship over the weekend. Women's cross country Booyah! tops the list. It's fun to win, isn't it? Yeah. Men took second. Cougars in the NFL. Kyle Van Noy activated off the short-term injured reserve. It's so Kavian's going to get on the Let's field go. for the Lions Let's with go. the Ziggy. Brett Kiesel played well in a win for the Pittsburgh Steelers over Baltimore last night. And let's not forget the Cougars in the NBA. Brandon Davies, 18 points on Saturday for the 76ers. Who cares that the 76ers lost to the Heat? Brandon Davies got some. 18 points. Jimmer Fredette played four minutes. <laughs> Free Jimmer again? Oh, no. It just, <laughs> it's way too early. It's way too early. Women's basketball loses to Westminster. Uh, on Saturday, Jeff Judkins said, I hope it's the wake-up call that we need. How did that happen? I don't know. Mitch Matthews is here, by the way. In yeah, he just walked in. Speaking of, we will talk to BYU's leading receiver after the break. What did a win in Murfreesboro really mean to the Cougars? Let's hear from the players. This is BYU Sports Nation. He's an Israel champion. He wore a shirt. Yeah. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Winning is so fantastic. Yes, and it makes after further review even better, which you can catch tomorrow, 8 Eastern time. The guys will break down what happened against Middle Tennessee, how BYU won by 20, and uh, look ahead to UNLV. We've been discussing what is the biggest positive from BYU's 27-7 win at Middle Tennessee in Murfreesboro. Why not ask BYU's leading receiver, Mitch Matthews? I believe this is your first time. Is in this your first studio? time? In, I think it's your first time in studio, yeah. I think it Welcome. Is. I know we've talked a lot, but I think this yeah, is the first time in here. We're beginning a new era. <laughs> Apparently, we didn't make you so mad that you wouldn't come in studio, so that's good, right? <laughs> that's good. <laughs> <laughs> What's the biggest positive from the 20 point win over the weekend? Just getting back on track, getting back uh, with that positive mindset. Um, Getting that momentum back, you know, the October was tough. I think that was the first thing Coach Mendenhall said in the locker room was, "Man, I'm glad October is over." So, <laughs> and, I, and we all are too. So uh, that was a good way to end October. That was a good way to get back on track for November and uh, start the bye week. I mean, I'm sure if we would have lost that game, bye week would have been a little more rough. But this week we're making sure resting up and getting healthy. But I think if we would have lost that game, it would have been a different story. So we're rolling. I pointed out your T-shirt. I love it. It's the Intramural Championship T-shirt from this year. What'd you win? Softball. Three, year, three years running. Wow. So, so you have a dynasty going. A, a dynasty, yeah. It started with me, uh, my brother, Skylar Ridley, and Kurt Henderson the first year. And mm-hmm. then since they've left, I, it's just been me and Kurt. And then now, last year, I think I was the only one left. And okay. I'm keeping it going. Well, then. Well, you're, you're you're hoping to get Brady. four for four years. Yeah, hopefully Then get there four. really is something to this Halloween costume scenario that you had. The, <laughs> yeah, the, 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 the Sandlot sand picture. picture. Okay, you're Benny the Jet, man. Uh, it was a lot of fun. So I was supposed to just be him by myself. That was my Halloween costume. And then my roommates wanted to join in. And then it ended up being, you know, we have guys that look like the guys. We have the right clothes. And so we ended up finding Riker to be the catcher. We ended up finding some of my good buddies. And even the right skin tone for most of the guys and the size and the, and the hat. I mean, Everyone had the right hats, the bass, and everything was perfect, so it worked out nice. We tweeted that, that out. That went, look at that, that thing. That, that looks unreal. It was, that was awesome. That was, that all, was we, perfect. We I mean, you should have seen it. So we were actually on the softball field, yeah. and uh, to get, I mean, we wanted it perfect. We even, I, How I many pictures there, did you take? We probably took, I mean, I had a, a girl take it with a really nice camera, so it looked as best as possible, and even, we even got the foot placement right. I mean, we, we picked it <laughs> apart. Just to, just oh, to be perfect with it. It was beautiful. It's hard to beat that, man. It, so it, good it, luck know. in the future. I think that's the pinnacle moment for Halloween. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it'll be beat. <laughs> I don't think it'll be beat. We, we can discuss some of the women's soccer uh, costumes, but off air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, can't, we, can't talk about, we can't talk about some of those on air. 
I thought the the win was so needed in so many ways. Um, take us into the locker room and what what the uh, and Middle Tennessee is not Boise, I, but it's a win. You yeah. go on the road and you win. What what was the locker room like after? It, I mean, it was a I want to say it was a sigh of relief, but it was more of a like I said, it was more of a we're back on the track. We're back to who we are. We're back to. Um, we can't no more blaming anyone else. We're back to you know being ourselves, and I think we we know how to win. We really do, and we we had a streak there in October where it was. Do we really know how to win? And I think that game hmm. really brought us back on track and uh, pushed everything aside that was negative. And I think we're positive moving forward, and we're happy. I mean, yeah, a win a win's a win, no matter what they say about the opponent. A win's a win, and it was a good win. And they played us really hard the first half, and second half we were diligent and we made sure that um, we were impressive. What was the message from uh, from your coaches after four straight losses leading up to Middle Tennessee? How did they motivate you guys? That's a good question. I, I, I really am a big believer in players motivate and coaches coach. So as much as the coaches try to motivate and yell and scream, it almost, it almost makes it worse sometimes. And mm-hmm. it, it makes it harder and it makes it more negative. And we all know that they want to win and they're there to help. But I think the motivation starts with your players mm-hmm. and your leaders on the team. The guys who have been there, the guys who have gone through losses – those guys motivate you, and that comes from leadership and seniors, and uh, this week was a big time to step up. So at halftime, what's the conversation like? Because it's 7-7 seven, seven at yeah. that point. Yeah, I mean, that's one of those things where um, we knew the defense was playing great, playing out of their minds, and it was time for the offense to step up. And uh, I have complete faith in, in Christian Stewart and all that he does, and so I don't think there was any worry. And we knew our stuff worked, and we're, we're a great second-half team, and I think we came out and – did what we knew we were going to do the whole game, and it finally um, finally cracked the second half, and so we're excited it did. ESPN's Trevor Maddich, we just talked to him live, and he, he called Christian Stewart's performance after the Taysom Hill goes down over the last four starts marginally heroic. He's like, I don't, I don't want to oversell it, but I don't want to undersell it either. How would you sum up Christian's performance, 12 touchdowns, couple of interceptions uh, as he's been the starter? I am – Impressed, and everyone in the country is impressed with him. Whoever's seen him, and I, I, I sure hope BYU Nation's impressed with him because, uh, as receivers, we surely are. And we know Christian Stewart's one of those guys that, man, no one expected Taysom to go down, but we knew the second that he came in that we weren't going to have to worry anymore. And uh, he can throw the ball like crazy, and he can throw on the run. He can do a lot of things, and uh, we're the best backup in the country. And now he's our starter, so we'll take him. And uh, done a great job, and. You know, I don't know if there's a name for him, but he's just done a great job, and we're proud of everything he's done. B.Y. Stu? No. B.Y. Stu. I like it. I like it. <laughs> That's good. Uh, Kristen Stewart. People are like, wait, tw- the Twilight actor? No. Like, no he's no, 70 what? million on, times man. better. Come on. Yeah, exactly. Vampire! When you, when you look at uh, the receiving core, a guy that's emerged out of nothing, Colby Pearson. Yeah. Back-to-back games with 30-plus yard TDs. T- tell us about Col- – who is Colby Pearson? A great athlete. He's a guy – I mean, he's a uh, – He's a walk-on that has a chip on his shoulder. He really is. And so he came in, and uh, I was actually his big brother last year, and uh, I got to know him really well. And he's a guy that you really can't get under his skin, you know, however much um, it is hard for the freshmen to, to come in and to play right away because the coaches make sure that, they, that the freshmen know that they are freshmen. <laughs> and so uh, for him, it, it didn't, never got to him. And so this year coming in, it's his sophomore year, he, he did not let any coach get under his skin. And he plays with a chip on his shoulder, and I'm sure he's going to be a, an asset for us in the upcoming, upcoming years and upcoming games because he's proven himself and he doesn't get scared. What do you him. want to accomplish the rest of 2014? Where, where do you want to leave BYU football after this season is over? You know, everyone would say, you know, let's win the rest of the games, but that's, I mean, in my mind, that's, you want to be 1-0 after every single game. Sure. And uh, 
but we want to play our, to the best of our ability, and when we do that, it's hard to beat us. So confidently, I can say when we play to the best of our ability, it's really tough for anyone to beat us. And so playing at our best is all we can ask for. We don't want to talk about winning out or winning the rest of the games because we get ahead of ourselves. So I think it just comes down to playing um, as hard as we can to be our best selves, and I think that's really hard to beat. And uh, with Christian there, anything's possible in the passing game. It felt like maybe at the beginning of the season, the first four games, you kind of lean on the offense to put up enough points to win the game. Mm-hmm. Now it seems like that relationship is more we need each other with the defense. Yeah. Has that changed at all? No, I mean, you're absolutely right. Uh, you know, um, in, the, in the past few years, I guess it's been, let's see which team steps up. Is it the defensive team or the offensive team? Which team is going to step up? And I think this year we're battling for each other and we're pulling for the defense and we're excited for everything that they do and, yeah, maybe the first couple of games it seemed like, you know, let's just score as many points as we can and hope we win. But now I think with the way the defense is playing and how fast they're playing, how hard they're playing, I think it's it's more of a team effort. You know, I get more more and more excited when Jordan Prater gets an interception or Kai Nakua gets an interception or Sky gets an interception just as much as one of our guys gets a touchdown on offense. So it is more of a team effort, and that's why, uh, you know, we can um, – win more games and be more confident when we're playing as a team. I know that you're you're playing well coming off of a win and it was a good performance against Middle Tennessee, but even in the first half when it was 7 nothing or 7-7, I noticed that there was more passion, there was more celebration. It just seemed like the energy level was way better than the previous few games. How did you see that from your perspective? No, I, I actually really did. I really, really did see it. Um, in pregame, there was a lot more energy. I don't, I don't know necessarily where it came from, but... Um, it was from players, for sure. They they, they put some music on. Um, there was a lot more noise, a lot more chaos in the locker room before the game. I remember That's Coach, a good thing? A good thing. Chaos in the locker room? Good thing. Good thing. Right before the game, it's a good thing. And I remember Coach Menall having to come in, everyone having to to yell at each other to be quiet and to settle down because we were so excited for the game. And that, mm. that carried over. I mean, that was, that was the beginning of the game and came in, came in tied. And I think that that energy continued after halftime. And, uh, I mean, that's how we win games. It starts with the players and uh, our motivation. We've heard that the uh, who's in charge of the music is rotated a bit depending on certain games, and we've heard some fun <laughs> stories associated with that. Who is in charge of the music now? Uh, I think it's our uh, I think it's Zach Nyborg, director of football okay. operations. I think it, but I think he he takes requests, mm. so I don't know where it stems from. I have requested. I don't know. Mine hasn't been played yet, but it will be played. Come I'm, on, sh- Zach. I'm sure it'll be eighty to zero once we play my music. Just kidding. But. Okay, what is your request, Mitch? <laughs> no, it's uh, it's my my friend a DJ, and he made a, he made a song, so it's just like a. It's just a, a mashup of, of a few songs, but so it's a surprise. I can't reveal anything. Okay, got to get the guys juiced. Mm, okay, <laughs> what, what, what was played? That game, I, I to could, create the chaos. I couldn't tell you. It was something. It was something that people could dance to. Because I remember there was a lot of dancing going on before games. So okay. it wasn't. It wasn't techno because you can't dance to that. It was. It was hip hop. So guys were dancing and going crazy. There was even a couple of GAs that were dancing. Manasi Tonga was in there dancing and. And uh, going crazy. Brandon I think, Bradley Brandon, had I, to be I, dancing. That's right. I think he, he wasn't there. Dancing. I think he wasn't there. Who Who's the best dancer on the team? Oh, wow. Um, man, that is a good question. Let me think here. Because we saw some good job, good efforts in the uh, at, Bronco, <laughs> at Bronco's house. Pre-season. Those were hilarious, huh? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, Jamal's a very good dancer. Uh, mm. Let me see yeah. here. Besides myself, um, oh, yeah. naturally, <laughs> Jamal... He's a very good dancer. We have a lot of guys that can dance. I mean, and if you not if you don't have the most fluid hips, I mean, there's guys trying, and that's all that matters. You'd think the defensive backs would be the best at dancing if hips are the deal. Right? <laughs> yeah, be those guys. They okay. should be. They okay, should be. Mitch, we're going to deliver you some bye week karma so that the team can get healthy. BYU Sports Nation Thank karma you. is real. We gave it to Jordan Leslie last week. 
saw, you saw what he did. Got a, <laughs> got a touchdown. And we'd like you to sign our, our Rise Up flag no doubt, as well. No doubt. We've talked to you so much, and you haven't been in the studio. It's fantastic. It's I'm good excited to, to be here. If you want to bring anything like Michael Elisa's face mask that we have here from you, we'd love to have it on set at some point in the future. I'll bring some gloves. A glove or something. Okay. Yeah, some gloves. Yeah. Word up. I'll bring some, some triple X's for you. Beggars can't be choosers, and we beg a lot. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mitch, great to have you on set. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, final thoughts, winning! BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Welcome back to the show. You know what we should do right now? Talk about game time for BYU-UNLV just announced on ESPNU Saturday, November 15th at 7 Eastern, 5 Mountain local kickoff time. Countdown to kickoff will start at 6 Eastern, 4 Mountain. Heck yeah. NFL news with BYU guys. Daniel Sorensen made the Chiefs 53-man roster Saturday. Elevated from the practice squad. Awesome. And then Kyle Van Noy is us off the short-term IR now for the Detroit Lions. We finally get to see him play in the NFL. How about how about there are four guys from that 2012 defense on NFL teams right now? I mean that like that's why it was so good. That was such a good defense. Projection, it's going to be hard for BYU to match that next year from this year's team. Holy cow. Yeah, it is. That's a lot. That's a lot of guys. Today's rise and shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Health when you need the most dexterlaw.com. This one's easy. 3 time champions in the West Coast Conference BYU women's soccer. They have a three-peat Dynasty and women's cross country also won the WCC title. Let's go champion. It's a championship Monday, although it happened Saturday. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is the first time we can celebrate it on our national simulcast at cot underscore BYU football. Do y'all not do the top five non P five teams anymore? I haven't been able to watch the show only YouTube interviews. Nope, because BYU's not in it, so once, we don't care. Once BYU dropped it, it, out of it, we're like, who cares? It dissipated. It's over. Hey, thanks to Trevor Maddich, Mitch Mitch Matthews, and everyone on our crew. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BYU Sports Nation. Who would be in the top five? No, 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 not not going there. The show on demand on BYUSportsNation.com and on BYUTV.org slash BYUSN. For Jerem Jordan, I am Spencer Linton. Who are you throwing those to? Nobody. Shout out to Matt Bauman. BYU Sports Nation back to work in Radio Vision tomorrow at noon Eastern. Winning. More Ovaltine, please.